Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Babe Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. Hey, beautiful Selfish Babe, it's your girl Olenike Osi here, and in today's Selfish Talk podcast, we are talking about motivation versus discipline with Selfish Babe Charlene Ezier. I had the wonderful opportunity to meet Charlene Ezier at a speaking engagement I had a few weeks back. Now, Charlene is a wellness expert, and what she does is help female entrepreneurs sculpt their dream body and life so they can continue to build their six and seven figure plus businesses. You can follow her on Instagram at Charlene Izier. That is C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E-I-Z-E-R-E. Now, not only are we talking about motivation versus discipline, but we're also going to be talking about a traumatic experience that she faced when she was younger, and that was when both of her parents were incarcerated. Now, I thought this was really important to bring onto the Selfish Talk podcast because I don't know how many selfish babes may have experienced a parent or a loved one being incarcerated. What I love about Charlene is that not only does she go into detail about that experience, but she also talks about how that experience has helped shape her today. And she didn't allow that experience to stop her from chasing her dreams and doing what she does now. So let's get into it. Hello, my beautiful Selfish Babe. It is your girl, Olenike Osi here with another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. And today I have a beautiful guest named Miss Charlene Ezier, and she is known as a wellness coach for entrepreneurs. And today we're going to be talking about motivation versus discipline. But first, Miss Charlene, I want you to say hello to the Selfish Babe listening. Hey, Selfish Babes. I'm so, so excited to be talking with you guys today, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to be having her information down below, but I really wanted, before she goes into motivation versus discipline, which is something that I'm still working on being very disciplined, I really want you guys to remember that when I do bring on guests onto the podcast, that I always want to bring on a woman that has all, that has been through a traumatic experiment, experience or a perceived obstacle and for her to talk about that because I think it's very, very important that we remember that we never know anybody's story, right? And we can never judge anybody just by like what they look like. We never know what they've actually been through. And the reason why I love our selfish babes sharing their own stories because like I know that you've been through something too and I just all want us all to remember that we're all going to be going through something right but that doesn't mean that we can't go after our dreams or or, or our goals are not possible so I just want you to remember that you too can get through it as well so Miss Charlene I want you to share your own personal traumatic experience or perceived obstacle and then we're going to get into the motivation versus discipline yeah sure so it's funny that you asked me this was I was talking to my boyfriend the other night about this um, specific situation and I don't really talk to a lot of people about this and like my friends aren't very aware of this. Um, the only person that you know, know people that know are my close friends and family. Um, but essentially my childhood was not your typical childhood. Um, both of my parents are incarcerated and my dad was incarcerated when I was three and my mother when I was sixteen. So they were both um, incarcerated due to immigration issues. Um, so growing up without a father, I was used to, because I had my mom for, until I was 
16, but when the day that my mom, um, you know, was arrested, that was the most traumatic thing I have ever been through. And it has really shaped who I am today. And, you know, looking back on it, um, you know, I was just, those years, you know, when I was six, between 16 and now, like I was just really, really, really struggling to just understand why this is happening, why my mom, who's such a hardworking woman, uh, was taken from me and my siblings. So, you know, now being where I'm at today, I, you know, I still, I talk to my mom every, every day. So I'm very lucky to be able to have a phone call with her. Um, but it's, it's hard, you know, when you don't have both of your parents or when you are taken away from, you know, somebody who is your mom and your father, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a question. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about you growing up and you coming to the States? I want to hear, yeah. just to hear a little bit about that. Of course. Yeah. So I came to the U.S. when I was three or four um, with my mom and my two siblings, my two sisters, um, as refugees. So we were, um, we're from Rwanda, so we were escaping, you know, the war, the civil war that was going on there. So we came to the U.S. when, we were, when I was three, and we were very fortunate enough to have my uncle who lived here in the U.S. at the time, so he kind of sponsored us. So you know, while it was uh, a transition to come to the United States for my mom, especially who didn't really know, didn't speak English very well at all, we were fortunate enough to at least have somebody that we knew here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but I do remember my mom going to ESL classes and us, me and my siblings going with her because, um, you know, she couldn't afford a, uh, somebody to watch us at the time. So she was such a hard worker and, you know, everything that she wanted for us she worked so 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 hard to um you know create this life for me and my siblings and it all started by just coming to the u.s when coming to a new country at three years old when i was three years old and she had uh two other kids as well they're twins or uh two at the time when you look back and um because now you're tw you're 25 right yes 25 you're 25 when you look back now being 25 and you think about the times that you would uh, see your mom go to these ESL classes, what do you think or how does that make you feel as an as a older woman now, like in your, in your womanhood, you no longer, yeah. so how does that make you feel thinking about that? You know, it just, it makes me really appreciate everything that my mom did and it makes me appreciate the hard work that I have to put in every day to you know build my business because yeah things are hard you know to build your business all that like things are hard right but things were not, not nowhere nearly as hard as it was for my mom to be raising uh three kids going to ESL classes um working and <clears throat> also going to school on top of the ESL classes so when I think back on it I'm just like everything else just seems very like I, I can't look back on it and be and right now and be like complain I I just really have no room for complaints it's always just focusing on what can I do to be better what can I do to create this life that my mom wanted for me and my sisters mm, so it's like you want to continue that legacy with that hard work that she kind of put in for you all and now you are putting in the hard work for yourself exactly yeah it's all Everything that I have, you know, right now I owe it to my mom because even with, even though she was not in my life when I was 16, she was still a part of my life because having her um, instill 
you know, at a very young age that I need to work for everything that I want. That came, that was very, very important when I went to college and didn't really know how to navigate these, these, um, you know, monumental moments that when you typically have like your family or your parents um, to go through these moments with. Um, I just had myself and my siblings and, and uh, my significant, my boyfriend at the time. So, um, you know, it's very hard to take, to take the situations that I'm in right now and look at them as negative, even if they seem really stressful. Like, you know, yeah. those long nights where you're up until midnight, like trying to release um, your new, your new product or whatever. Those things are blessings at the end of the day, you know, because I would not be where I'm at. I would not be able to do what I'm doing right now if I had not gone through all of this shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm cur- cursing is wonderful on my <laughs> podcast. It's encouraging. Oh, I gotta watch out sometimes. <laughs> Completely encouraged because okay. I curse a lot and I yeah. don't lock myself out from that. Good, good, um, okay. Now I want you to go back to um, the day that I guess you did find that your mom was going to be arrested. When you, yeah. did you af- did you actually have to watch her be arrested or like what happened? Would you be able to kind of take us through that and take us through the emotions of like that day? Yeah, um, whew, that was, I, yeah, I remember that day like it was yesterday. It was um, in the summer, and so it was very, very hot, and I remember, and I, I always ended up just waking up like at six or seven in the morning just because it was so hot, um, and so I woke up, and, and it wasn't because I was hot at the time. I think I woke up because I heard banging at the door, yeah. and I didn't even think anything of it, and then I heard my mom go downstairs and open the door and uh the ice agents were there and it wasn't just like one ice agent they had like i want to say it was like 15 of them and they had cars all outside um you know blocking the street and um i go downstairs and i'm like what's going on and then my mom just told us that um immigration is here they're going to search the house and they're probably going to take me as well um but she and I always remember she said that. She said, don't worry, it won't be long. Like, I won't be there long. Like, she really thought that it was going to be, like, just she'll be there just that night or just that day, and then she'd be back home. Um, so I remember sitting on the couch with my my sisters and I my, while my mom went upstairs to get dressed um, with an ICE agent um, while there were just, like, 15 people just searching through our house, like, you know, ripping things apart and looking for things and my sisters and I were just sitting there like in shock like I don't think we really processed what was going on until later that day when we realized that she was going to be there at least two weeks and our when we got that call that she's going to be there at least two weeks that's when reality set in that this was happening and we weren't sure when we were going to see our mom again so I mean it was I don't even know how to describe it it was just kind of like feeling like your entire world is kind of falling apart and but you it's like you're kind of looking at it um with an outer body experience kind of like you you see everything that's going on but like you can't really quite process the feelings um and then it just hits you like that and that and it hit me like that when they asked us to leave they had a had a family friend come pick us up and I said, yeah, they sh- they should go um, because we're going to take my take my mom now. They didn't want us to see her in getting in the van, but you know we knew what was happening. We knew that she was yeah. being arrested at that point. So it was it's like 
So I remember everything. I remember what my mom was wearing. I remember what I was wearing. Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. I just, it was the most life-changing moment of my life. Yeah. And then after, how was life after, you know, adjusting to, like, now you're, you, were, you are the oldest sibling, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So how was life adjusting without your mom now? Like, how was that for you? And what did you guys do? And what did you do? Yeah, it was, adjusting was hard. Like, there is no way, easy way to put, like, it was just very, very difficult. I struggled to now have to become, like, you know, their, my younger sibling's mother, essentially. And, you know, even while growing up, I helped my mom a lot because she's a single mom. She worked overnight so you know my sisters and I we I'd make dinner um and we go to bed wake up get ready for school I'd see my mom before she uh, she came to the door from working her overnight shift um so I was very responsible as a young as a child um just because my mom had a lot to do and I needed to help her but this situation was very different because my mom and I like it's that typical mother-daughter relationship. Like sometimes I'd just I'd be like such a little shit kid, like <laughs> thinking that like I knew better than she did. But at that po- at that point, I realized that damn, like this is what it's like. This is what it's like to have um, two younger siblings who are looking up to you, trying to figure out like what do we do next. Like we had to figure out like food stamps, um, you know, federal assistance stuff. Like we had to figure out what we were going to eat, what we were going to do. Luckily, yeah. we we the um the judge gave us a guardian which was our one of our family friends so she was very very helpful but you know we it was still so traumatic that I just at the at the point um when my mom was taken I realized okay what do we have to do next like I had to like kind of like not think of every anything else and try and think of like what do we do I do what what are we gonna do with school um you know what is next what's the next step so you know, adjusting took a while. There were times where my sisters and I would just spend hours just crying. Like we were, I remember being at my um, uncle's house and over the summer and just crying and being like, well, I mean, where are we going to go to school? Because my uncle lived in a different state than we did. And we did not want to move from where we were currently living. So it was just a whole lot of um, stress and like, when I say stress, I mean, it's like feeling like you have to start over. Yeah. And that is just, it's yeah. hard for somebody at that age, like starting yeah. all over with, without your mother, you know, yeah. the one person who just knows you, who loves you and appreciates you and just wants the best for you. It's, it was, I mean, heart wrenching to go through that at yeah. such a young age. At what point, so I know when you explain that things were really difficult and rough, at any yeah. point after 16, did you start to feel things kind of smooth out from like that patch? Like at what age were you like, yeah. okay, things are like smoother now. Things are going along better. So it was, I think I want to say it was around maybe it was 18 or 19 because during the, the, so my mom had two trials essentially. And so at one point she was released and she, we got to see her at home. And I remember coming back, I was in college at the time. And I remember coming back home and I saw her and we just spent the entire night just talking. She, we slept in the same bed. We talked all night about like what's going on in my life. And yeah. at that point I realized, okay, things are going to get so much better. Like we got this, like nothing else is going to happen. And then, um, so at that point it kind of felt like, okay, 
we can adjust, we can, you know, make up for all the lost time. Yeah. And I had break for about like two weeks or so. So I remember my mom driving me to the bus station to go back to school. And she, I said, bye, I'll see you later. And then she had her, um, it was like another phase of her trial. And then I remember getting a call saying that she is back in jail and it started all over again. So yeah. it was, I was like going through that twice. And I remember I was in class too. And I had to like leave class because I was like hysterical. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't handle it. So I was like, here we go. We're doing this all over again. Yeah. So it wasn't until I would say um, my senior year or junior year of college um, where everything kind of started to level out where I was like, okay, she's going to be in jail for a while. Like we got to figure out how do we adjust? How do we mentally adjust? Um, because I handle and process things a lot differently than my siblings. I am always, cause I, I was, I've had to, I, I kind of just, I see that there's a problem yeah. and I kind of, sometimes I compartmentalize, um, but that's just, that's my coping mechanism. And that's, that works for me in that moment. Cause I did not have, the time I could not afford to be living in that stress or living in that depression. I had to just continue. Otherwise I could not do anything. I would not be able to function. I would not have graduated from college. So yeah. I had to just kind of compartmentalize. And fortunately for me, that worked, but for my siblings, it was a lot different. You know, one of my siblings, she has uh, PTSD from this. So she's not very, she's not able to function the way that I'm able to function. Mm. So, you know, it, <laughs> to answer your story, it took forever <laughs> to kind of get to the point where it was, where I was okay, where yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Life is yeah. going to be okay. And we have to continue. Yeah. And so through all of that, what would you say, or how did that bring you closer to self-love for you? Just that experience? Yeah, you know, I learned that I, I had to be, um, sorry, I always get <coughs> super emotional when I talk about this, obviously, <laughs> but um, I learned that I had to be my best friend because my best friend was my mom, right? And she was, even though we didn't get along sometimes, like, she was still my best. She's the only person who really understood everything that was going on, like, obviously, because she's there with me all the time. Yeah. Um, so I had learned how I had to be my best friend. So I, need, I knew that I needed to take care of myself. And so I had to prioritize um, myself. Yeah. So, you know, even like while I was in college, I may not have been there as much as I could have been for my siblings, but that was because I had to be selfish so I could be there for myself. Otherwise, I would not be where I'm at right now. And it took me a while to come to terms with that. There are times where I feel very um, like guilty about that because my sister, like I mentioned, my sister has PTSD um, and she, she really struggles. And for me, I have, I, ha I know that I have to be selfish with my time. Yeah. Um, otherwise I could fall, fall, I could be there. I could be where she's at. And yeah. I'm at the point in my life where I need to, I want to create the life that my mom wanted for me. Yeah. And that's, that's what my, that's what my motivation is. And that's what, where everything stems from. So I have to be selfish and I'm okay with that. And yeah. it's okay to be selfish. And I know that now, but there was a time where I was just very, I felt very conflicted about that, you know? 
I'm glad you said that. And I totally agree. It's why we have selfish babe, guys. I totally yes. agree um, about the selfish part and how sometimes that can make us feel guilty in different ways, right? Because we're putting ourselves first because we know where we want to get to. But then we also know that if we don't, it's like being, it's like going like five to six steps back, right? And so yeah. it's like if you know where you want to get to and eventually where you want to get to can help other people if that's what you choose to do, then you're going to continue moving in that direction. So I'm really glad that you hit on that. And now I want to get into the motivation versus discipline and how you stay disciplined. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the motivation versus discipline and why it's important. Yeah. So my mom taught me at a very young age that you have, like, you can't rely on motivation because there was so, as, as a refugee or as an immigrant coming to the U.S., like, there were so many times where she wanted to give up, but, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't, clearly couldn't give up because she had three kids that to take care of, and there were days where she just was not, simply just not motivated, but she was so disciplined um, because she saw a bigger picture, she saw a better future for me and my siblings, so, when I um I think about being motivated, um, you know, that's good and all to be motivated, but I know that it's not something you can rely on. You have to focus on being disciplined. Because Why is it only- not something you can rely on? Why is motivation not something you yeah. can Yeah, because it's fleeting. You know, there are going to be days where you're just not motivated. And I was reading something the other day and Stephen Covey, he said, only the disciplined are truly free and the undisciplined are slaves to moods, appetites, and passions. And that's so true because if you're relying on being motivated, then what happens when you have, when you're up until 3 a.m. working on a project and then the next day, um, you know, you need to check in with your clients. Like you may not be motivated, but you need to be disciplined and you still need to do it. What happens when you know, you come back from your nine to five job and you're tired, but you don't want to go to, you don't want to go work out. You yeah. still need to be disciplined and you need to do it. If your, this dream or this, re, or this uh, goal of yours is important enough, you will focus on being disciplined because that motivation, like I said, it's, it's great sometimes, but it's not always reliable, especially with circumstances. I totally agree with that. And like selfish babes, I love y'all. I love building selfish babes. I totally do. But I'm agree with her. Like even with goddess detox and selfish babe, a lot of the times it was just me staying up working on shit for yeah. a long ass time, sitting behind yeah. the laptop to to see what it is that I was building come into this physical reality. And I'm still working on discipline. Discipline is something that I'm still working on, as y'all can mm-hmm. see on the podcast. But <laughs> But it's just like, if I want this to continue to grow, if I want my dreams to continue to grow, I planted these seeds, you got to keep on watering it. And I think that discipline is, ooh, it's like that water that has like extra vitamins in it. That's going to help things grow, Mm -hmm. right? So that's what I think when I think of discipline. Now I want to ask you, Ms. Charlene, like, how do you stay disciplined? Because for me, and I don't know if it's a lifelong work in process thing, but I just know for me, that is like a thing that I consistently battle with is staying disciplined with certain things, but I know it's necessary. So how do you stay disciplined? Yeah. So lucky you, I mean, you nailed it. It is something that you work. It's like a lifelong thing. Like you're not going to just one day all of a sudden be disciplined for the rest of your life. Like I have moments too where not where I'm not always disciplined, but the thing is with discipline, it's think of it like a muscle. Like you have to train it in order for you to become stronger 
And the more I personally, the more I practice discipline, the better I get at it. So I'm also, it's easier for me to bounce back when I have like those, like, let's say I have like a week or something when I'm sick and I can't be, you know, as disciplined, right? Or when I, things happen, I mean, it's easier for me to bounce back and focus on that discipline. So it's something that you have to just continuously practice and continuously do. And you have to focus on your goal. Like, why are you doing this? What is your big picture? What do you need to do to get there? If it's important enough to you, you will be disciplined. Like, there's no doubt about it. You can ask anybody who's built anything. If it's an important to you, you will focus on it and you will be disciplined. What are some things that you're disciplined in? So, um, you know, as a wellness coach, I'm very disciplined in like exercising and within my, with nutrition. Um, but recently within the past year, as my business has been growing, I've been a lot more disciplined with like my morning routine and, um, my self care routine, because I realized without those two pieces, it's very hard for me to, um, you know, function at peak performance. Like I, my energy levels will dip if I'm not um, focusing on those two priorities. And I realized that through one of like the launches that I had, uh, through a challenge launch, I was struggling to stay, um, energetic. I was struggling to show up as like who I wanted to be. And that's because I completely let go of everything that I was preaching to focus on building a business. And the thing is like, that's not how that works. You need to have systems that support your lifestyle. So at this point in my life there, I always, always prioritize my morning and self-care routine and I do not let anything get in the way of it. Like there's no, even if I have, let's say five minutes in the morning, like I'd rather be late to something than not prioritize my morning routine. Like it is that important. I am not playing. (laughs) I get that. I think that's pretty cool. For your self-care routine, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I'm, it depends on the day, but usually let's say, let's say it's like a Friday. Um, I will come home and take, take off my makeup and do like my skincare routine and listen to a podcast. Um, that, or I'll watch, um, a show. And if I haven't watched the show yet, I'll watch like some sort of like reality show. It kind of just allows me to disconnect from everything that's going on. So I'm not thinking about business. I'm not thinking about my clients not thinking about anyone else and I'm just kind of watching um you know whatever and the reason why I do that is because if I am um spending my entire day giving and giving and giving I need a moment to just kind of replenish and by completely disconnecting that allows me to slay it the next day um so part of my running my uh self-care routine is definitely to just watch something or listen to something that allows me not to think about anyone or anything besides myself. Um, and then I'll like, you know, either like paint my nails or do my hair or just write. Sometimes I'll just write. And I'm, and that's not, that's something actually new that I'm doing. I usually never write, but I've realized that um, it's freeing and it's relaxing. So I love doing that. When you write, is this like stuff that happened during your day? Like, is that, is it, is it like a journal type of writing? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually like a journal um I don't really use any prompts or anything I just like literally write whatever comes to my mind just so whatever's in my head is now on paper and I don't have to think about it again um at least in that moment the next day I'll go back and see if there's anything like anything else that I needed to think about or if I wanted to elaborate on that or sometimes those become hobbies that I talk with my clients about or my audience about um 
So it just allows me to take everything that's in my mind and just dump it. That way I don't have to think about it through that hour or two hours that I'm focusing on my self-care routine. Yeah. I have a question because I know, and I'm going back around to motivation and discipline. Yeah. I know that you mentioned that, you know, if we, if we want something bad enough, then we're going to be disciplined to doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I struggle with that sometimes. And so I wanted to ask you if you had like one specific advice for a woman who knows that she wants to get to a goal, you know, whatever goal that may be, but then it's like, she'll can, she can start it. Like she'll be motivated to start and that motivation lasts for a good Mm -hmm. time maybe, but then she gets back into the same old routine of not doing it. Yeah. Then how does she get back on track to being disciplined? Like where do you start with the discipline in order to, water that seed of more discipline because I I do agree to a certain extent of yeah if we want something bad enough we'll do it but yeah. then then it's it's like mindset right we all trying to get out of our own way right a lot of the times that's what it is with discipline too it's getting out of our own way so yeah. how does that woman take those first steps into discipline or what are those first steps specifically from you yeah yeah and Exactly what you just said. A lot of it has to do with just getting out of your own way. And sometimes, at least for the most part, there is usually some sort of mindset block. Um, So I work with my clients through a training called Breaking Through BBS, uh, basically like your belief systems or like your bullshit. And it's powerful because it allows me and my clients to see what is keeping them from being great, what is keeping them from staying focused. Um, So when I'm thinking about, you know, what to do when you're struggling to become disciplined, a lot of the times what you need is accountability. You need somebody to help you be disciplined mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And for me, you know, that was my mom for a while. Um, it's also my, my significant other. It's my business coaches. Um, it's people who know that I can be awesome, people who know my vision, who understand my vision, mm-hmm. and know that I am the only reason why I'm not there yet, because I'm not being disciplined. So you just need somebody or something to help you stay accountable. And at the end of the day, what I find is a lot of people know what to do. They know what they need to do, but they don't do it. And that's because they don't have accountability. And that's why mm-hmm. it's very, very important to surround yourself with like-minded women they're like-minded people who can support you when you're struggling to be disciplined, you know? Now, if you're a selfish babe that, you know, you're learning all this new stuff, you're really diving into your self-love and you really want to do all these things, but you literally have no like-minded people around you because you're shifting from one circle into another circle. What would, what advice would you give to that selfish babe in order to find or cultivate relationships with like-minded people? Because what I'm getting is that a lot of selfish babes are now moving from this one area of life because they're shifting their mindsets to now, okay, I do want to surround myself with like-minded people, but literally I look around my friend circle and I don't see them. Yeah. So what advice would you give them for that? Like, how would you say to find like-minded people or what can, because for me, I'm like, okay, go on Instagram and look at and follow, like do an Instagram cleanse kind of and follow people that you, that's going to help motivate you through Instagram. And the reason I say that, is because we be on Instagram all the time. Like people be on Instagram all the time or you have your phone all the time. Mm-hmm. So follow people that can help motivate you to get more discipline, but that's motivation. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. So 
part of that, I mean, you're right. Like I also have done that. Like I go on Instagram cleanses and I go through a lot of the times I'll go through who I'm following or what's on my feed. And if I feel like it's not serving me, it's not nourishing my body, my mind, my soul. Uh, I just unfollow because one, that's going to affect your ability to stay disciplined. Um, And two, you have to put yourself out there. Like you just go to networking events. Um, You know, I mean, we met at an event recently, right? So you just have to put yourself out there and go to events, go to where those like-minded people are. And let's say, okay, maybe you live in a small town or, you know, there are not a lot of events going on where you're at. Host an event or um, go go on Facebook, find Facebook groups. There are a lot of people who are looking for accountability and there are a lot of people who can help support you in your journey. You just have to take the first step and look for them. You know, you have to put in the work at the end of the day. So if it's, you know how hard it can be, you know, when you're, when you're kind of transitioning from, you know, this old lifestyle to this, yeah. you're in the middle of like this transitioning to this new lifestyle. Yeah. There's so many of us who are, who are in that same boat. So you might as well just put yourself out there and find those like-minded women and support each other. Just like within like your community, your selfish babe community, like mm-hmm. y'all need to just go out there and find each other because you can support each other. I agree with that. And I was going to say, when you talked about the Facebook thing, I was like, oh yeah, we totally have a Facebook group. So you guys can be like, hey, I'm looking for an accountability partner for blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then when people comment on your post, I'm affirming that they're commenting on your post, then you Mm -hmm. can go into their profile and be like, hmm, and and message them and be like, hey, I saw that you commented on my post, blah, 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 blah. And you can take it from Facebook into real life, into your actual text messages or wherever it is that you guys want to message each other. So I will say that you can use the Selfish Babe Facebook group in order to find an accountability partner for what it is that you are looking for. So be specific about that. Yeah. Is there something else that you want to say? Because I do have a question to ask you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me. So I always end these podcasts when I have a guest that say, when I have a guest on, I always end the podcast with this statement. And so I want you to fill in the statement. Okay. Okay. Okay, so the statement is, sometimes self-love is scary. Scary. Why? Why is that? Why did that come up? Because, you know, part of having self-love is relying on yourself. And so, you know, if you've always been in a situation where, you know, you've relied on other folks, it can be really, really scary to rely on yourself and take the time to find that love within yourself. And also, you know, a lot of people talk about self-love and talk about how pretty it is, but honestly, it can be really ugly. You know, you are, you take, when you're finding yourself, when you're trying to find the love within yourself, sometimes you have to look at the shit that you've said to yourself, the shit that you've done to yourself, the shit you've allowed in your, to happen to you, you know? So it's not always pretty. It is a scary journey, but it is the most rewarding thing and the best thing you can do for yourself is to find that love within yourself. Because at the end of the day, while it's, um, I absolutely love my, my boyfriend, we've been together for seven years and he is my best friend and my rock. But, you know, I also rely on myself. I have to rely on myself. I have to focus on the love that's within myself because that's what's going to get me through the shitty times, you know, and I I say that it's scary because it starts off scary. 
it is very scary. And even while I'm in my journey of self-love, um, I remember like what I just said, it's a journey. It's not something that there's a, and there's a destination, right? I feel yeah. like it's always something that's evolving Yeah. as you're leveling up within your relationship. Yeah. Um, you're getting to the next level with your relationship or within your businesses or with your friendships, whatever it is, it's a journey and it's scary as fuck, but it's worth it. Mm, I totally agree with that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you uh, for sharing the first thing yeah. that came to your mind. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Charlene. I'm so happy that you are able to come onto the Selfish Babe, Selfish, po- Selfish Talk podcast and talk to us about motivation and discipline and also you going through that experience of basically having to help raise your siblings and then, mm-hmm. you know, being on your own. I-, I feel like 16 is still pretty young to be on your own and just, you yeah. know, having your rock, you know, your mom, you know, incarcerated, but still very grateful to be able to speak to her every day. So I really Mm -hmm. want to thank you for being vulnerable with us. And I really want to thank you for sharing that experience and just allowing that your story to touch another selfish babe's heart and getting us together, you know, about the whole motivation and discipline thing. Cause I know it's something that I'm still working on and I'm so happy to have the selfish babes that do motivate me to be like, Hey sis, when we get in another podcast, Come right up, okay? So um, thank you so much, beautiful. I really appreciate you. And for all my selfish babes, I'm going to have her information down below. But I do want you to say, where can they follow you on Instagram? What's your hat? What's your um, your tag? Charlene Iver. So C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E-I-V-E-R-E. And I hang out there pretty often. So send me a DM if you are looking for some accountability. Or if you just need anything, I am very friendly and I'm always in my DMs. Ooh, she be answering the y'all. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com to join the community, find out our about our self-love academy and to shop our apparel you can follow at selfish babes with an s on instagram or you can also follow me on instagram at olenigayoc i affirm that you have an amazing day i will connect with you on the next episode and i love you Mwah. New advertisement alert. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is now accepting podcast sponsorships. So if you have a business or maybe a service or something that you want the world to know that you want all the Selfish Babes in the world to know about and you want to advertise on our podcast, you can now do that by going to SelfishBabe.com and clicking advertise with us.